0: Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Of course, we're continuing our study of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew presents Jesus as the King of the Jews. And we're in a section, which is often called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has chosen his 12 disciples, 12 apostles. He's got with them. They're on the side of a long, sloping hill. He is teaching them, and then the crowd is around. But what he's teaching is about righteous living. How do those who belong to the, he says, basically, in the kingdom, those who have trusted in Christ, how do we live? And we've been seeing a contrast between the religious leaders and Jesus Christ. And here's what we saw. We saw that the scribes and Pharisees were stressing external actions and outward righteousness, while Jesus stresses both external and internal righteousness, attitudes and actions. And he really stresses the internal righteousness aspect. And he is teaching this discourse, and it's long. It's three chapters. That's really the longest thing that we see that Jesus teaches at any one time, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And as we look at this... uh, The focus changes. He's going to talk about the improper practices of the religious leaders. They had the wrong motives. You could say to them, do you give, religious leaders? And they say, of course we give. Do you fast? Of course we fast. Do you pray? Of course we pray. And we'd say, well, isn't that good? Aren't you supposed to do that? Yeah. But he's going to say, don't be like them. And we're going to say, "What, what, what were they doing? What was the thing? They had the wrong motive. They wanted to be seen by people. When they prayed, they wanted the people to see them praying. When they gave, they wanted people to see them giving. When they fasted, they wanted people to know they were fasting. When they did all, as they just went through life, that's what they wanted. They wanted to be religious people and to be seen as holy and better than everyone else. So here's a question just to think about. When we seek to live our Christian lives and to live in our fallen culture, why do we do, why don't we live righteously and godly? Why do we try to do what's right, so to speak? Why do we pray? Why do we give? Is it for other people to see what we do? For other people to know what we do? Or is it for God? We're not supposed to live to be seen of men, but to be seen by God. And so the subject this morning, and he's going to take it really through a lot of chapter 6, he's going to deal with three or four or five different subjects. The first one this morning is giving. Of course, a lot of people say, oh, giving, I don't want to talk about giving. Uh, giving is the greatest privilege we got. It's so fun. We'll talk about it as we get into it. Well, let's see what happens. Have you have you ever been around children, small children, and they, they say, watch me? Hey, what? daddy, watch me. Watch me. I'm, I'm going to stand on my hands. Watch me. And, you know, I, the other day, we uh, the the kids had this party, not at the jumping up and down thing, but the one that, uh, uh, like the gymnastic place. And I was there, and they, there's this runway. They're running up and down, and one of the little guys came over to me and said, JB, watch me run. I said, okay, I'll, I'll watch you. So he runs, and, and, I, and I'm talking to somebody. He back, watch me run. You're supposed to be watching me run. And he's running back and forth. I'm saying, you're running really well. And he just, watch me, watch me. And, and see, that's what happens. You know, our kids, they, they say, Daddy, watch me. Watch what I'm doing. Sometimes... Same thing happens in the Christian life. We want other Christians to know what we're doing, and we want them to know that we're giving, or we want them to know that we're serving, or we want to know what we had to do this week, or how we had to do this. And so, Jesus is going to talk about this sort of thing, and we're going to see that the religious leader wanted to be seen by men. Their desire was to be honored and held in esteem by other people. What's our motive? What's our motive for giving and doing good and coming to church and volunteering and helping? Is it to be seen by other people or is it to please God? It's a little hard section because it goes back to motives. It doesn't go necessarily back to actions. As we get started, I want to remind you of something. We're we're talking about how do we as believers live in this fallen world. We're not talking about salvation. Salvation is a gift. Salvation has nothing to do with your works or your service or anything like that. Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again. And whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. I hope every one of you in this room, that if somebody said to you, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? I hope every one of us in this room would say yes, because I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I have eternal life. So that that's a different issue. The issue we're seeing, as Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 6, is service. How do we live? We'd say, how do we live our Christian lives? And uh, uh, we're given rewards. Service. You realize that. One day you will stand before Jesus Christ as what's called the the, uh, judgment seat of Christ, uh, and you'll be rewarded for how you've lived your life. And if you served Him and done things, we might say in the right way, He'll say, Well done, good and faithful servant. So let's look and see what He has to say there. Is, Is it to be seen by others? We already have a reward. If it's to be seen by God, we will be rewarded. The summary statement of the whole section is going to be chapter 6, verse 1, and that is this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. If we do things to be seen by others, we have no reward from God, and we want a reward. Remember, we've seen the religious leaders. They loved the praise of men. They wanted to be seen. They wore the long robes. They had the best seats in the, in the synagogue. They had the, there were certain seats that there was a main person in the synagogue, and then there, there were these main seats. They, they wanted the main seats. There were other people way back over here, but they wanted the main seats. When they walked into the community, they had the long, flowing robes. They had these things that uh, um, all men had them. It was like a, almost like a shawl. It went over their head, and they had four corners, two here, two here. That's the way the corners were and they had these things on the end of it that usually were blue. And the bigger the tassel, so to speak, the more holy they were supposed to be. And so they wore those out. And so they wanted people to see them and to think that they were special. But Jesus said, listen, whatever you do, you're doing it for the Lord. In fact, Paul writes this. Listen to this. This is First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul said, we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And so we speak... Not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. It's an illustration. You've always heard the illustration about somebody going to help a little old lady across the street. I I read something the other day that says, You know you're getting older when the little old lady you're helping across the street is your wife. But anyway, what if you came out and you said, and you said, would you like me to help you go across the street? And you're helping, and you're saying to yourself, I hope people are seeing me. I want everybody to know how nice I am. And you know, and I, this little lady, I know she really is glad. And I hope some other people see me. Okay? You got your reward. That's it. But if you help somebody, and it's not to be seen, God takes care of them. So we're going to see it this morning. There's two things we're going to do. We're going to break it, the passage this way. We're going to look at verse 1, which is the summary statement, that we seen by men, no reward from God. And then he's going to give the example of giving, and we'll see how that fits together. Listen, we are to do good but we don't do good so that other people see us and they'll think, oh, you're really something. We do it because it's from the Lord and we want to do it for the Lord. And if we do it for people, there'll be no reward over the reward we already got. So uh, look what he says. If we do good to be seen by others, we'll have no reward from God. Look at verse one, chapter six. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. He says, beware, watch out, be careful. He says of practicing, which is the idea of ongoing, of doing something, practicing your righteousness. And when he says righteousness, it could be anything. He's going to use an example of giving. He's going to use an example of praying. He's going to use another example of fasting. We'll talk about that in several weeks when we get down to that part of the passage. He's basically saying righteousness is doing good things. He's saying, beware of doing good things before men to be noticed by them. And that's the key. Why do we do what we do? Be careful not to do our good deeds to be seen by people. He says, to be seen by them, to attract attention. He says, do not do your righteousness before men to be seen by them, to be, attract attention. Be careful not to do good deeds just so they'll be seen by people. Let me say something. You may do good deeds. You may help the little old lady across the street. People may see that. But you didn't do that so that people will see that. You did that because you want to serve your Savior. And so there's a difference there. And so he's not saying don't ever do anything that people can see. He's just saying don't do it so they can see you and that kind of thing. And so we're going to look at it. Notice what he says. You will have no reward with your Father in heaven. In a minute he's going to say you already got your reward. If you wanted to be seen by people, you got your reward. You were seen by people. But you want a reward from your Father in heaven. And I want you to think about rewards. You realize that God does give rewards when we do good. When we do the right thing, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for the things we've done in this body, whether good or worthless. You're going to stand before Christ, and he, Lord willing, for all of us, he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's rewards. But if we do this, if we do it to be seen by others, we don't have a reward from God. Let's just say that you, you're going to give something. And you said, I'm going to give $1,000 to the church. And if you went around saying, I'm going to give $1,000. By the way, I just want you all to know I'm giving $1,000 to the church. You got your reward right there. Please give it anyway. But go ahead and just remember that you got the reward. Because what you wanted was for people to know you were giving that money. And that's what he's really talking about. And we're going to see that illustration. Realize that oftentimes people do good things to be seen by others in Colossians 3 23 Paul writes whatever you do do your work heartily whatever it is as for the Lord rather than for men we're doing it for God so if we're to do good deeds don't do them so people will see them they may see them but don't do them so that people could be see them and be honored and so why do we do what we do why do we come to church why do we serve why do we volunteer why do we help why do we give why do we do those things well, he gives a number of illustrations praying, fasting, giving uh, even even the idea of faith, even judging he's going to get into those subjects but let's talk about giving for just a second uh, It's a subject that most people don't want to talk about because he's saying in, in verse two, he says, "So when you give to the poor, and so he's going to talk about what does what does Jesus say about giving and by the way i You've read everything about this. There are more verses about giving in the Bible than any other subject, more than hell, heaven, love, everything. There are more verses dealing with giving than any other part of the Bible, uh, than any other uh, aspect of the Bible. I think that's because uh, the only way to, to combat greed... Is, is generosity. It's the only way. We're naturally greedy. We're naturally... We're fallen people. We're all sin and come short of the glory of God. We have the fl- flesh which is a natural bent to sin and what we really want to say from the time we're born is mine... This is mine, and that's the way we are, and the Bible talks about giving and being generous. It's the only way to break the greed. It's the only way to break it is because once you start giving away and you realize everything you have comes from God, it's not your own, and and he's just blessing you with it, and you go, I can't hold on to this. And all of a sudden, that greed part is broken in us, and we begin to say, hey, I got to trust God. And so Jesus is going to talk about the giving, and look look what he says. What does he say about giving? Verse two, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. So he says, listen, don't, don't sound the trumpet. Don't do this. Listen, he's saying, don't draw attention to yourself. Now, I told you that the religious leaders wanted to be seen by men near the temple, out in front of the temple. There were, the best that we could tell from, from history, there were 13 jars, big jars, out in front of the temple area. And they were real big at the bottom And then when they got to the top, they got smaller, small, 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 real small. And then so you couldn't, they were really, so you couldn't put your hand down in it because people would go by and they would give money in there. Okay. And some of the wealthy people, when they went into the temple area to give, they had people blow trumpets. That's why he says that. It would be like, everybody look over and they would put money down in there. And they wanted people to know that they were giving money to the temple and to the priest. And so when Jesus says, so when you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Why? So that they would be honored by men. A hypocrite. A hypocrite is one who plays a part. The word actually was the word for actor. It literally means under a mask. The Greek word hypocrite means under a mask. So you're wearing a mask and you're, you're, the mask is one thing and you're another. And that's what a hypocrite is. You pretend to be something you're not. And he calls them hypocrites because they say, oh, we're so generous, we would like to give to the temple. What they really wanted is everybody to know how nice they were and how giving they were. And Jesus says, when you give, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't draw attention to yourself. Warren Wiersbe is a Bible teacher. I loved him. He said this, the Pharisees gave to gain favor with God and others wrong motives. They thought, This would favor God, this would favor people, and so they would have that. Notice it says, uh, to be honored. The purpose was to be honored by people. Oh, you're such a big giver. This is just me talking. Okay, this is not really, this is an opinion. I I struggle sometimes with things named after people. You know, I just struggle with a little bit because their name is on it forever. And 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 met, some people don't want anything named after them, but some people do. And and you wonder, we're talking now that for the body of Christ. We don't name we don't name anything after anybody. <laughs> just give it all. We'll just take it and use it for the God's glory. But he's saying, be careful if your giving is to be honored by men, so that everybody can say, oh wow, oh wow, thank you. Here's what he says: they have the reward in full. I'm talking about believers, if you're seeking. To give, and he's talking about giving in this one, if you're seeking to give, to be honored by people, you got your reward, because your reward was to be honored by people, and you got it. Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, there's no reward from God to those who seek it from men. If you want the reward from men, you won't get one from God. They wanted to be seen, and they got their reward. Now, that's Pretty hard, but what it's saying is this: Whenever you give, the idea is not to tell everybody what you give or what you're going to do. Just give and and trust God and don't worry about it. I want to talk for just a minute about giving because only time people say, "When do you talk about giving?" I said, "Well, whenever the passage deals with it." And I, I, this this deals with. So I want to teach you something that we always teach in the in the new members meeting or the membership training seminar and things. I just want to talk about giving for a second, and I want you to understand that in the Bible, when you study, and a lot of you have been taught something. I, let me I say it in a nice way. It's wrong. What you've been taught was wrong. And so I want you to understand that when you study the Bible, there are two aspects of giving in the Bible. There's a thing called offerings, which are actually free will. They're acts of worship. You bring an offering to the Lord. In fact, you notice this morning we talked about taking up our offering, okay? There's also a thing called tithes, which is required giving. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But the word tithe actually means a tenth. So in the scripture, you're going to find that there are tithes and offerings. You'll see that sometimes. offerings. Let me show you how it fit together. In the Bible, from the time from Adam and Eve all the way to Moses, what you'll find in the scripture was free will offerings. Cain and Abel brought offerings. Abraham brought offerings. Isaac brought offerings. Jacob brought offerings. Joseph, they brought offerings. They were acts of worship. They were not required giving; it was acts of worship and and, and uh, even when you think of Cain and Abel, do you remember it was it said at the end of days, which means at the end of the week, which means it was a Sabbath day they were coming to worship God, and Cain and Abel both brought offerings that 's free will offering so from Adam and Eve to Moses you 'll find in the scripture giving were offerings from Moses to Christ, you're going to find two different things were listed for the nation of Israel. They were tithes and offerings, offerings and tithes. Offerings were free will, tithes were required. Why were there tithes? Why? Because under the Mosaic law, God set aside three different tithes. When you say tithing, you think of a tenth. There was a tithe every year that they gave for the priest. There was a tithe they gave every year for the temple. And every third year, they gave another tithe for the widows, the orphans, and the priests. So they gave 20% every year... 30% every three years, that's tithes, that's required, and then they still had free will offerings, this was to support the sacrificial system, when they built the temple, and offered the sacrifices, they took one tribe called the Levites, and they did not have property, they had cities but they didn't have property, they came in and did all the work in the temple, and the only way they made a living, is the people gave 10% every year for the priest 10% every year for the tabernacle and then 20, and then another 10% every third year, so 30% Every third year, twenty percent every year. So if you said we should be under a tithe system, that's twenty percent every year and thirty percent every three years. Only problem is you have to take it to the storehouse of the temple. There is no temple. So under the under uh, the Mosaic law from Moses to Christ, there were tithes and offerings. Now the offerings were acts of worship, free will. Tithing was not an act of worship. It was required. It was not something you just decided to do. It was required. The third thing is, after the death of Jesus Christ, there is the end of the sacrificial system. There is no temple. Jesus is the final sacrifice for sin forever. We're not under a sacrificial system. We never have been. Guess what? Our giving is free will offering. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, let a person give as they purpose in their heart, not grudgingly in necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. So when you give, you're not under some kind of law system that says give 10%, 10%, 10%. You give as an act of worship and you give as you choose to give, as you purpose in your heart. I always say this though, if they gave 20% under law, what should you give under grace? But anyway, that's up to you. And each person must purpose in their own heart based on what God has given to them, how they want to give. And so I want you to, number one, be freed if somebody taught you that you have to give a tenth of everything you got. You've never been under that system. In fact, if you want to get under that system, it's 20% every year and 30% every three years. But I don't know where you're going to take the money because it's supposed to be at the storehouse of the temple and there is no temple and there is no sacrificial system. So we're not under the tithe system. Now, let me. So today we give offerings. So a while ago, when they took up the 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 plates around, I'm hoping that every one of you, as an act of worship, gave an offering to God as an act of worship based on what He's given to you. And with that in mind, let me show you how to give. There, there's the Bible says you give a first fruits, you give re- regularly, and you give a proper motive. What I mean by first fruits is this: that you, the Bible basically says that when you get anything, when you get money, when you get, you, you, on the front end, you give away. Now, what most people do is they get their paychecks, they get their money, and then they do everything else, and then at the end they say, if there's any money left over, we'll give it away. But there's usually never anything left over. That's just the way it is. The Bible says the opposite. It says the moment, whenever you get, if you get a paycheck, you get money coming in. Immediately, you take a portion as an act of worship, love, and trust because you purpose in your heart and you give away on the front end. Give away immediately. That's first fruits. Then you're supposed to give what they call regularly, which means you set aside and you give on a regular basis. Paul says in First Corinthians 16, he says, When you come together on the first day of the week... Then that's when you give. This is the first day of the week. That's what we do. We give on the first day of the week. You can give. Nowadays we got it made. You can give. You can give online. You can give on your telephone. You can give any way you want to give. Nowadays, it used to be that this is the only way you ever gave was when you gathered on a Sunday morning. You you're free to give. But the thing the Bible basically says is give on a regular basis. And then the third thing, and this is the one I love the most, and that's the proper motive. And the proper motive for giving is love, worship, and trust. You give as an act of love, you give as an act of worship, and you give as an act of trust. You give as an act of love that when you give, you're showing you love God and you love others, and you're saying, I'm giving a portion of what God's given to me and it to be used to touch lives for Christ. You give as an act of worship. Philippians 4 says that when you give, it's an offering to God. It's an act of worship. And so as we took up the offering a while ago, if you put... Something in there, it was an act of worship. The third one is my favorite one, and it's trust. It's an act of trust. If you had $1,000 and you gave away $200, you are going to have to trust God that you can make it on the 800 like you would have made it on the 1000 You just have to trust him. And that's why you give on the first fruits, because it's an act of trust. And so you take, say God gives you 1000 bucks and you say, I'm going to give away 100 of it, I'm going to give away 200 of it. On the very front end as an act of love, worship, and trust. You give that away. And you trust him. And let me tell you something, and I do this, I teach this in the membership training seminar, and I go, I give some, you know, some things in my own life, but I'm going to tell you something, you will never miss what you give away. You will never miss what you give away if you give as an act of worship, love, and trust. Bible actually says, he who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly, who sows bountifully, reaps bountifully, he basically says, the more you give away, the more God gives you. Now, that's not your motive. Your motive is love, worship, and trust, but God says, if you give, I will bless you. That's not your motive. That's his promise to you. So to me, one of the greatest things you can do is give. I love it. I love it, and and I see so many Christians who are missing out because they never understand. They never understand that God has given this to us, and you take it and you say, I'm going to give away this. I'm loving God. I'm trusting God. I'm worshiping, and I'm giving it away, and what he does, you have You have more than you would have had. He just blesses us all the time. Jesus said this. It is more blessed to what? Give than what? Receive. You know it. It's more blessed to give. You know that as you mature and grow up, when you're five years old and it's Christmas, you're saying, where are my presents? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That's what, when when we're little, when we're immature, we want stuff. But then you get older And then Christmas is, wait till they open that. They're going to love that because you're getting the blessing for giving. And that's what happens as you mature as a Christian. As you mature as a Christian, you go from saying, I got to have everything to saying, I want to give away as much as I can. Where are you? So Jesus said, listen, when you give, don't, don't shout it out. Don't let everybody try to know uh, truly, I say, listen, if, you want, if you're doing it to be seen by people, you already got your reward. That's just what happens. Uh, and, and I love this because notice in verse 3, he says, but when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but he's saying, do you don't have to do it where everybody knows. You, you just don't have to do it. And so he says, this is the proper way to give. He says, don't let your left hand know. It, it don't, don't give in such a way that everybody knows. Sometimes people may know. Sometimes people find out. It's not, it, you didn't try to tell people, and you didn't do it so people would know, but sometimes people find out, and that's okay. And, uh, but that, that's the way it is. Jesus said, just don't do it so that everybody knows it. And then we, look what he goes on to say. So that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what's done in secret, listen, he knows, he will reward you. The word there, literally, give ba- it's give back. The word reward means to give back. God's going to bless you, and he always does it. He always does it. Uh, God rewards us both now and later. Listen, by the grace of God in my life, and I tell people this, before I went to seminary, I didn't understand about giving. I didn't, I didn't hardly give. I made a decision once I went to seminary. When I went to seminary, and I had no money, but I made a decision, anything I ever got in, no matter what it was, I would give a portion away Immediately. I've never lacked for a thing. I've never lacked for a thing. I went all the way through seminary making no money and having nothing and never borrowed a penny. Went all the way through Dallas Seminary, which is a pretty expensive school. I've been here for how many years? 30-something years, 35, 30. And we've never lacked for anything. And if no matter what, any, whatever money comes into me, on the front end, immediately I just give something away. And God has always taken care of me. And I love it. And I want you to experience it as well. Because Jesus says, listen, don't, don't give so people know, but just God's going to take care of you. So if, you, if, you, if we give to be seen, we have a reward in full. There it is. If we give in secret to please God, he's going to reward us. So let me quickly just give you some applications to think about, okay? The the first one is this. Let's seek to please God and not to be seen by men. That's in everything that we do. What is our motivation for doing good? What is our motivation? If it's to draw attention to ourselves, uh, that's going to be a problem. Listen to this. You're going to love this. A guy named Henry Morrison was a missionary to Africa for 40 years, He and his wife, this is back when they traveled by boats, he and his wife were traveling back after being in Africa for 40 years and he was returning to the New York Harbor and he's on the ship and as they're coming into the harbor, President Theodore Roosevelt happens to be on the ship and as they come into the harbor, everybody's cheering for the president, you know, and he thinks, wow, that's the president. I've been been 40 years on the mission field and nobody's cheering for me. And as he said that to his wife, and she said, Honey, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. So we want to we we seek to please God, not to be seen by men, and God will reward us. Second, let's just be faithful in giving. Think about this. We give as free will offerings. I want you to understand that. We give as free will offerings. We give from our first fruits. We give regularly. We give as an act of love and worship and trust. And and we give before God not to be seen by men. Listen, the motive of the giver is more important than the measure of the gift. And I read this one the other day. Our standard of giving is more important than our standard of living. And there's just so much there when we think about giving. I don't want to put pressure on you, but I just want you to have the great joy of taking what God's given to you and using it for His glory. God rewards both now and in the future. Next week, He can talk about prayer. We're going to see, because I know, I have to tell you the story real quickly. I know time's up. I went to a meeting. I'm going to, I'll probably bring it, I'll probably say it again next week. I just got too excited this week, I have to tell you. I went to a meeting one time. And it was a public meeting of about a hundred people, and they asked a guy to pray, and he prayed for over 18 minutes. The reason I know it is we had to stand up. He said, Let's stand up and pray. And it just so happened when I stood up, I looked down at my watch. I just happened to look down at he started praying, and we're all standing like this. And I literally he prayed for eight, over eighteen minutes. I thought public prayer is short. Private prayers alone, you know, it, 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 there, there's a deal there, you know. So I promise you, I, I'm, I'm gonna try to keep all my prayers under ten minutes, and then we'll, we'll go. <laughs>